Welcome to 3 In, 3 Out, the most unique Seahawks podcast. On 3 In, 3 Out, we like to dive deep into the micro moments of the game, the nooks and crannies, if you will, because that's what fanatics do. I'm your host, Clinton Bonner. Find me on Twitter, at Clinton Bonn. And I'm joined by the great Brandon Schultz and find him at Seahawkers Pod on Twitter. All right, Flock, let's dive into the sober yin and raging yang that is 3 In, 3 Out. Go Hawks. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome once again to a newest, the, another, the newest, the, the whole thing already edition, the the chapter, the, I'm fired up, Brandon, this is three in, three out, the most unique Seahawks podcast out there. Brandon, you know I'm fired up when I can't even get through the introduction before I say I'm fired up, but we are we are coming steaming, steam rolling out of that that big divisional win. I won't call them rivals because they're just not there yet. They don't deserve that. But that big divisional win versus the Redbirds, the Seahawks take it. We look beautiful. We look dominant. It was a fun game. The, the energy was high the entire game. And it's a couple of days later. We're recording this on Sunday afternoon, morning for you. And the energy is still there because that's that's what this game did for, at least I'll speak for me. How are you doing, Brandon? I am feeling great, Clinton. In, in fact, I'm feeling a lot better than Bo Scarborough, who went Frank Dukes doing the splits Oof. on Thursday night. I, I feel bad Oofy. for the guy. And the problem is, I don't think Scarborough went through the training regimen of being pulled by ropes between palm trees. Like, if he would have done that going into this game, he would have, he would have been fine. He would have tore down the one tree, tore down the defender on the other side, and and just got up and and looked all stoic. But instead, he he had to hobble off. I think. Yeah, the uh, that was Splitsville, man. Oh my goodness! Like what you know when he was limping off, it was like, oh okay, like maybe maybe it's a groin. What what happened to? We'll see what happened to his boys. And then they show the slow mo replay where he's like kind of facing back it at us at the camera, and you just see his leg just keeps sliding out. I was like, oh, my. and like probably a three hundred plus pound dude just bearing down on him. I pray for Bo's, you know, Bo's nose. I, I hope they, I hope they're doing okay. A couple of days later. Uh, any did he tear anything? Is he is he a what's going on? I haven't Starbucks? seen anything. I, I don't I think with injury reports, they don't have to report until Wednesday. So we aren't even going to know until middle of this week. If, but yeah, and, and but I don't know, think anybody, you know, even listening to the press conferences, where where's the concern here from our from our fellas? Uh, you know, at the very least, this is the kind of thing where like, you know, like Bo's mom would be out on Twitter and be like, no, I, I talked to him. He's He's hurt, but you know he's got a he's got a bag of peas on there. He's going to be okay. But I didn't even see that. But you know what? A, what a beautiful way to start this three and three out because we love the trenches, we love the nooks, we love the crannies, of course already. So and we love know, bloodsport like, movies like yeah, bloodsport. We, we, we love. I mean, bloodsport is fantastic, and and the whole you bringing that gif into the Discord mid game about the splits on on the on the rings was was beautiful. I only did that because I didn't have Ray Jackson breaking the brick over his forehead. <laughs> Come on, pull pull that next time. You have to have that at the ready. Anybody knows a good gift game. You have your you have your most loved gifts all starred up and ready to rock and roll. So shame shame on you there, Brandon. I will do better. Yes, of course. A little a quick early do better. We're going to get into a ton the ins the outs again. If you're new to three in three out, we like to look. We really really like to delve into the micro moments as we call them. And get into those trenches of, of what what really what you know what really went down the game those the, the the tiny little things the effervescent bubbles that others are gonna miss and not talk about but we're gonna put under a microscope and really delve into that's what this is all about it's all about the twelves all about the fanatics all about the flock before we get into the first three and three out a, another little preamble just like last week I got I got a, one one thing to put out there Brandon I'm hearing a narrative and when I hear narratives that I think are kind of crap. I like to call them out and say, that's a crap narrative. So I'm going to give you something I heard all this week after, after this win. What I heard was, oh, they, they dialed Russ back. They, they, they made sure Russ wasn't cooking. This was old school Seahawks football. Okay. Brandon, I'm going to throw some math at you. All what right. is, what's 11 plus 41 plus about 30? 72? Something like that, right? 72. Okay. Now add that to 197. 82. Oh yeah, 82. Right, right 82. Yeah, we're, we're good at math. 82. <laughs> add that to 197. So 80. So 80 plus about 200, right? Okay. So, so about 280. Okay. Sure. Now now tack a touchdown on top on top of how many did Russ have? Two. Two throwing touchdowns. Yeah. Right. Okay. So so make that a third touchdown. So what if I were to tell you 
Russ was actually or should have been more, more like 85% completion rate, 280 plus yards, and at least three touchdowns. Is that not Russ cooking? Is that, is, did I miss something there? Because, because there were two major drops and then a phantom holding call and 41 yards. That took away 80 something yards. My, my point being is Russ did cook. Russ played a heck of a game and he did so with, with some beautiful Houdini type stuff and checkdowns. Want to toss it to you to see if that narrative was just, just kind of eating at me that all of a sudden we were, that Russ wasn't cooking. I, I guess for some people, it, everybody has this weird, weirdly different definition of Russ cooking. And I think yes, some people yes. is him throwing it 30 plus times a game. And so if he doesn't throw it 30 or more times, then it's not uh, in their mind. It fits their definition. But yeah, this is not a game to dump on Russ for. This was one of his better games this season. So I don't know, Clinton, what, what do people want? Do they want wins and, and a quarterback who's efficient and a running game that's working and against a Cardinals defense that you know is going to struggle against the run without so many interior defenders in this game? Mm -hmm. I, I think what people are worried about is the Seahawks shifting back toward you know a, a run-heavy game plan every single week. Yeah, I, I don't think you can make a narrative with just one game after uh, after seeing what we saw from Russ, you know, three of the last four games with all the turnovers. And you brought up a couple of great points there. Number number one, do you like winning? Because Russ surely does. Nine seasons in, he eclipses the most win total in history by NFL quarterback. I don't know. Pretty important stat. And then the other thing to recognize is too, like, oh, the, the Seahawks got back to the run. Yeah, they did so because the, one of their better backs was healthy. Like... They tried to run with Homer and they tried to run with DJ Dallas. It wasn't successful. Bo came in. We already talked about Bo's groin. You know, God willing, he heals up okay. He ran the ball aggressively. Hyde was really good. And they were back to some power running because, because they, they had their better back there, which is really good to see. So as much as I kept hearing, this is Seahawks football, to me, it was just more like, duh. Like they had dudes who were hurt and Russ was off for a couple of games. So if 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 Seahawks football is... We run the ball more effectively when our backs are healthy and Russ is better with the football than, than, you know, games, the couple of games previous. If that's Seahawks football, sure. Call it that. All I see is that Russ played a great game. We ran the heck out of the ball and also Russ scrambled for like, I think 10 times. And right. I don't, and so those would have been passes if, if somebody was open or protection didn't break down. They weren't designed runs for the most part. So well, I saw so many times too, Clinton, where Russ was out there and maybe they were in a pass play, but he was checking it to a run yes. play at least a handful of times where he checked into a run play. Now, whether it was a, a run play that was called and they just called a different run, who knows, but you know, put that on Pete or on the offensive coordinator. I, I think this is just what they needed to do to win this game. Yep. And I think it was well executed, actually beautifully executed. We'll, we'll get into those. We'll get into all those moments in a second. One other item I want to call out in advance is if you're listening to three in, three out, and hopefully you're following, you know, Brandon and I on Twitter, and you're contributing like so many are, we, we're a bit ahead of the curve. We got the Mama Cleo crystal ball out there because we talked about taking the darn ball. Of course, we lost the, the coin toss, so we just got the ball gifted to us. Right. Six-minute drive plus a touchdown. Beautiful way to keep Murray off the field to start the game. And we also talked about, uh, you know, a couple of, couple of weeks ago now, finding a new kickoff returner. And boy, oh boy, you know, DJ Reed is one heck of a kickoff guy. So all I'm saying is when you dive into three and three out, you're going to get a little bit of a clairvoyance with, uh, with our ins and our outs because, uh, what can I say, we're just that good. The cards can reveal things that you will never see by yourself. Call me now for your free tarot reading. We, we're going to dive right in. We got a lot to cover today. And boy, oh boy, when we get to the from the flock section, I had to do a culling. I was watching the Hunger Games last night with my, my 13-year-old daughter, Emily. Great, great, great uh, young, young lady. Love her so much. We were watching a couple of Hunger Games, so the, the culling was on my mind. But we had, I had to cull back something like 52 entries to from the flock. So we got a lot to cover, but, all, but so much good stuff. Brandon, let's get right to it in the sense that, hey, you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not one for rule following. It's not what I do most often. However, however, on three and three out, there is one rule. It's the golden rule, but I never can remember it. Brandon, what is the one rule we must abide? Clinton, when we win, we start with an in. We start with an in. We start with an in. It feels so good to be back on this side of the ledger. Let's get to that first in. 
All right, Brandon, let's start with the with the big, a big first in. Brandon, you you've been calling for this all all last week, you know, on on the myriad podcasts you put out, which are all tremendous. And in and on Twitter and on and on the Facebook Ring of Honor and the Discord, you wanted to see aggressiveness. You wanted to see hits. You wanted to see energy right away. You want to see that just us bringing our hats and causing some noise. So Brandon, as the old saying goes, this buds for you. This ends for you. I'm giving the end squarely to Quandre Diggs, blowing up the, the zone of tight end. It was 13 to seven at the time, second and eight. It was like that 20 yarder over the middle. He just brings his hat, places it right in the right spot, blows the man up. He's soul taking. The ball flies out a thousand feet to the right. And, you know, Diggs gets up and he's just super, super impressed with himself. And why not? Because we all were too. It, it is all about tone and energy. And it nothing personified it more for me than that big blossom digs. And really, Brandon, this this is yours. Take it away on a silver platter because you were calling for it all week. That's the end. Oh, yes. I am so happy you brought this up because this was something that I, I've been waiting for because doing this show with you. It was the first week where we were talking about taking Ito Smith's soul on the field. Yes. And. I don't think we've talked about any souls being lost from the other side of the field with the Seahawks. And I, I just got to thinking about that this past week that where where is this? This is missing. Yes. OK, the defense can be subpar, but bring the energy, make, make some hits, try and build that energy up. And I have to think, Clinton, that this goes back to what you were talking about in your preamble. The defense wasn't on the field for 40 minutes in the game. They Correct. were more they were on the field for more like, you know, 20 to 25 minutes. So they were out there a whole lot less. And I think a big part of it, though, was bringing that aggressiveness early. And that that play that you talked about that came in the second quarter and it came on Dan Arnold just getting yes. hammered by Diggs. So I am so happy to see Quandre on the inside of the ledger this week. Yeah. And, and Diggs played a great game all around. I actually thought it was kind of funny that that there was even like a 50-50-ish debate on whether the Diggs, uh, you know, uh, personal foul was should have been called. Like in my estimation, I was I was strongly on the side of that is not a personal foul. I think he hits the dude in he hits uh, Hopkins in the shoulder with the shoulder, and the ball's flying by him on a bad pass. And then there was actually quite a bit, like I said, like almost 50-50 people, people like you got to be more have more presence. You can't you can't hit that late. I'm like, dudes, go out there in real time and see if you hold up hit, hitting yeah. a star wide receiver when you have a chance to put a shoulder on his shoulder. That was a BS call, which gave the Cardinals, you know, that drive, some bad calls throughout. But that's OK. We got the W anyway. We want to keep I think positive. the bad calls evened out in this game. But I agree. I will take that penalty, though, if that's the aggressiveness yes. that I get from Diggs every single game. And yes, yeah, it, it shouldn't have been called. He clearly he was committing to making the hit. I can see why they would call it just because it's making maybe an unnecessary hit, but I don't want that in Diggs's mind. No. And you, you said that in the discord during the game and I was, I was high fiving you virtually. I think I probably just put a little emoji out there for it to, to say that like I was 100% with you on that because to me, it's like you can't be rah rahing one play where it's a time bang bang where you blow up their tight end, and the other, the next player, like oh he he should have held off on that play to Hopkins, and then try to parse the the, the nuances there. Where it's like no no no, be aggressive on both plays. He didn't go to the head. He used the shoulder. Okay, you get flagged for one, so be it. And then memory serves me, I think Brandon too, right? That that late breakup is also Diggs going for the ball, right? Where he almost has the pick right at the goal line. Right, uh, on, on that last uh, drive. Larry Fitz. And you yeah, saw on, a yep. lot of Cardinals fans crying about that, saying uh, how that yeah, should have been but, a penalty because Diggs got there early. But Diggs was going for the ball. Yes, 100% rubbish, which was correctly pointed out by, uh, I forget who the who the, 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 the ref that really nobody has to care about that's on the, on the Fox sidelines that every, every you know group now has that one guy that, we all know the rules, but yeah, Diggs is just going after the ball and pursuing the ball just like a receiver does. So a very good non-call in that scenario. So Diggs gets the big honking first in great game by him. And last thing I'll say to wrap this section up is I kind of feel like there was this narrative that Diggs wasn't having a very good year. And again, it comes down to, well, you know, elementally, we weren't, we have not been healthy in this game. We had two, uh, two backup DBs, you know, another, for instance, but Diggs has actually, to me, been pretty solid all year. He Now he has a couple of those standout moments that we can gravitate towards and rah-rah with. But 
you know, people are not burning digs deep. He's been playing really well. So I just thought it was nice for him to show out. I think he's solid. And when he has a more full ensemble around him, then he could have these kind of all-star standout moments. So big in for Diggs. And again, that ins for you, Brandon, because I, I know you I know you were hankering for it and you got it. I appreciate you. All right, Brandon. So we, you know, we have the ins, we have the outs, the sober yin, the raging yang. All right, time, time to sober up and and look at some of the warts from this game. Got one here for you to, to discuss, Brandon. Always like to paint the picture. It's 23-14 Seahawks. We're on the verge of putting this thing away, on the verge of it being just a a simple little Sunday, which we don't know too much about as Seahawks fans, and that's okay because we like we like getting our heart going. But it's a second and 21, and we we end up giving up about 19 yards to Fitz on a second and 21 so that Arizona's in a third and two. And so much of this game, I thought we adjusted well. So much of this game... You know, we didn't give huge cushions and, you know, Flowers gave some cushion to Hopkins. And at the end of the, at the end of the, that game, you look back and say, well, Hopkins had what, like under 60 yards and no touchdown. So, you know, if you're going to give that up, that's, that's not, that's not terrible. There's some other things I think we could discuss about Flowers, but that particular play on the second and 21, once again, I'm pretty sure we do a three man rush and we're way off the ball. We, we just let them find a zone. 15 plus yards downfield to put them in a convertible situation. It's exactly what we did. I'm pretty sure the Cardinals score on that drive. But to me, that was a big, big one where it's like, man, we just missed our opportunity to just jam dudes and play a little more aggressively in certain moments. And that one stands out to me. Yeah. If you're talking about the the second and 21 on that drive, it was Chase Edmonds who caught that ball. And I, I don't know what it is about Edmonds, but every time, the Cardinals and Seahawks play. He seems to do one of those short little catches where he ends up burning everybody. I don't know if they just misjudge the the kind of speed that Edmonds has. But yes, whether there's 21 yards to be given up and you give up 19 and then you make it an easy third and two. Oh, that was that was one of the frustrating plays where you say, OK, you've got them backed up now. They've false started four times in this game with nobody yes. in the stadium. Yeah. And they're just <laughs> killing themselves with penalties. And previously, there was a holding that that put him back, and that Fitzgerald was actually responsible for for that penalty. And yeah, they're in a, a second and twenty one situation. This is when you get off the field. But yeah, that that little catch and run by Edmonds that's what helped extend this drive. And they never got into a another third down situation until that third and three, where they decide to blitz, and and Edmonds gets the easy catch in the end zone. Yeah, so my memory failed me a little bit there. Thank you for course correcting that it was it wasn't Fitz on that grab that it was Edmonds, but everything else everything else everything else uh, about that out holds true there. Now the nice part is we didn't see that too much throughout the game, but these are the kind of moments Brandon where again, we're up 23-14, right? We're up 9 points and this is like step on the throat territory. Do not allow a team back in the game. It just it just didn't happen. So that's the out. Let's why don't, why don't we roll back on over to some of the fun stuff, which is of course the the better side, the, the raging yang side, the inside. What do you say? Let's do it, Clinton. We'll go into a break. We'll come out. We'll do two ins, two outs, two and two, just like Chuck Woolery. Coming up next. All right, Brandon, we are back and we are back on the fun side of the ledger, though at least the more fun or just yeah, the fun side of the ledger, the raging yang, the in side of the ledger on three in, three out. We talked on the preamble about, you know, hey, this is Seahawks football. Well, if Seahawks football is like running the ball better, you know, and having like a second and seven where you hand the ball off and you get six yards, get five yards so that you're in third and extremely manageable. And if you run the ball on first down and you get first downs, run, run the ball on first down. And if that's Seahawks football, because you got you got your better back back, and now we got Chris Carson coming back, who was our best back, then hook that up to my veins, Barney Gumble style, and give me Seahawks football. The in I want to call out, it is 23-21. So the Cardinals, they're back in it after what we were just talking about, the drive where they where they get close again. It is third and six. And we can see that Buda Baker is starting to creep. He's starting to TLC creep. He's, he's coming up. He's coming up. He's coming up. And Wilson hikes it, or more appropriately, Lewis hikes it to Wilson. And we get this beautiful little draw. We get a draw, inside draw from the shotgun to Hyde on a third and six. And it was kind of like Buddha is flying by down one lane. And then the C's part, 
There's beautiful blocking on the interior, just to the left of the center. And Hyde is up, you know, up the gut. I'm not sure what he gets there. I just know it's more than six. Beautiful timing, beautiful call, wonderfully executed. And we talked last week, Brandon, about like kind of having all the wrong moves or like if you're playing a card game, playing the most obvious card at the wrong times and just getting, you know, batted down, just getting, just getting crushed. This game felt very, very different where we were the savvier play callers. We were the savvier team. So the in it hide executes it, but so does the line. But you know what? That's going to get, that's got to go to skybox unless of course rush check to do it, which I, which I don't know, but that plays a big in boy. Oh boy. Was that so refreshing to see? Yeah. There were a couple moments like this one, and this was a, a second and six. Uh, and Hyde did get 15 yards up the middle on this play. And I, I would lump this in with another play where Russell Wilson recognized the blitz coming off the edge. He threw to Greg Olson for a quick first down earlier on in the game. And it seemed like they had answers this time for what the Cardinals were doing when they were going to send the blitzers. And I think this is what really kicked off this downward trend for Russell this season where other teams like Buffalo and the Rams were looking at it and saying, okay, we're going to go ahead and send the blitz because Russ wants to go for the big play. He's not going to take the the short little pass. He he would, he seemed to be ready in a lot of these cases to just go ahead and take the sack rather than take the easy yards. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if they finally had a conversation with Russ to say, Hey, you know, if you're going to take minus five or plus five, take the plus five. And we, we saw that in this game with either checking into runs when he recognized the blitz and, and setting up the kind of run that's going to be successful on that or or throwing the quick pass and getting the first down. It was the Seahawks beating the Cardinals in those few moments where they decided to send pressure. And then after a while, they start saying, OK, well, maybe we shouldn't do that anymore. Nicely framed up there. And thanks again for the course correction. Second and six, not third and six. And that's a OK. I take I take the notes, you know, th- these are happening live. And, and uh, you know, sometimes I'm wrong and that's OK. That's that's why. Well, partly why you're here, of course, not just a, not just a fact check my my mistakes, but thank you. Um, and I'm saving you that, some mean tweets. I, <laughs> that was not oh, third and six. It was second was, uh, and six. Dude, 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 get your crap together. We weren't even playing the Falcons and stuff like that, <laughs> which is okay. I, it, I deserve it sometimes. A little heat's okay. And to your point though, overarching, yeah, man, like we talked about it last week a ton. Take what's there. Take what's available and Russ and team executed on that beautifully in this game. So huge in, loving it. Okay, bouncing on over to the outside of the ledger. Brandon, we talked about this gentleman quite a bit last year. This year, it's been a lot of, a bit of a love fest. I've been giving this guy, you've been giving this guy, most Seahawks fans giving this guy a lot of love. He's been, he's been our MVC. He's been our most valuable cranny. He's got the little trophy in his locker. We're sure of that. However, I know where you're going with this. I know where you're going. Yes, you do. This is going to David Moore. Yes, this is David Moore catching a little outlet outlet pass on. Uh, I'm going to say it was third and three. I think it was, but I think it's it was third, third and, and short. Third and short. I, yeah, I knew it was. I knew it was third down this time at least. And he catches a little outlet pass, and he's got you know room to rumble. Just put your head down and go get five, and just go get the first down. And he just some just. I don't know. It was like he just was not paying attention to where the sticks were whatsoever. He decides to just avoid contact and he steps out a good yard short of the first down marker with zero, zero reason. Like you, your job there is to know where the first down marker is, put your friggin' head down and make sure the sticks are moved. And it was just so bizarre. And it would just look lackadaisical and he just wasn't in the moment. Big out. Sorry about that, David Moore, but you have got to wear the scarlet letter, the scarlet O this week. That out is yours. Normally, you see David Moore get physical with guys. Yes. And he just wasn't in that spot. It, he could see the, where the first down marker was. I don't know if he forgot what down it was, if if he didn't know that it was third down and just decided to to try and go out. He stood there on the sideline and motioned to the ref like, I, I made that right. And yeah. the ref's got his his foot on the ground about a yard short of the spot. And he's saying, Hey, give me the ball back because this is where you went out. And immediately as I saw it, I'm like, Clinton has got to give David Moore the out in that situation. They were driving with the ball, trying to score, get a touchdown going into the half, knowing that Mm -hmm. the Arizona Cardinals were going to get the ball. 
You got the ball back from the Cardinals with just under four minutes to go. Put your four-minute offense in there. They had run the ball on first and second down. They had a nice, easy, manageable third and three. And you pick that up. You keep going. And you go into the two-minute warning and and run your two-minute offense down the field and get the touchdown before the half. And yes, they were fortunate that they were able to the three and out the Cardinals right after that, get the ball back and at least get a field goal going into halftime. But it was the lack of physicality by Moore that was really frustrating. Yeah, and you know, you've been calling for physicality all week. We started we started the ends with the physicality of Diggs, and it just wasn't there for more. So we hope, I mean, it's 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 almost it's reminiscent, it's not exactly the same, but it's reminiscent of earlier this year where Tom Brady's holding up the the four, you know, hey, it's fourth down, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I'm like, no, dude, that that was no, that was your last try. Yeah, yeah, you're done. You're done here. Um, so it was, it was reminiscent there, and you know, I think it's a it's a forgive and and forget. I mean, Moore's been good all year, so we get the W, and like you said, we get the ball back, and and we march right back down there and get a touchdown opportunity and end up putting three on the board. However, it's not about that. It's about staying in the moment and picking it up when you can. So he wears the O. Let's just not see that kind of that kind of just mental lapse anytime the rest of this year and as we head into the playoffs. But let's get back on over to our final end. What do you say? Let's do it. Okay, Brandon, last in for the week, just for the week. Oh, you we better this, make this a good one, Clinton. It's uh, it's a fun, last one of the week. <laughs> it's a it's a cranny. It's really a cranny here. So 23-14, it's early Q4. This is that drive we were talking about early, earlier where where the uh, the Cardinals are converting and they're moving the ball. They got that 19-yarder on second and second and 21 and they keep on moving, et cetera, et cetera. Now the whole purpose of this show isn't about what happened later. It's about what happened in moments. So the end for me is this is when Murray tries to escape to the sideline and you see beautiful execution by two Seahawks, two Seahawks who were not on the team last year. You see Jamal Adams and DJ Reed, but they're not only moving side to side, sticking with what is the fastest quarterback in the league, but also like beautiful zone Con, you know, conceptual execution where Reed's got a dude on him. Adams is making sure he's not getting to the, to the edge. And Reed is just keeps pushing his guy as he's mowing through him. And they just wash Murray to the sidelines and he gets, he gets nowhere. Now, if you wrap the whole thing up and you say Kyler Murray got 15 yards rushing on the day, it was because of moments like this. So the combo of Adams and Reed just taking away a, a a, who is what is a really dangerous guy with his feet gets a big big in for me love that play I know what happens a few plays later but that's not what three and three outs all about it's about these micro moments so the in to Adams and Reed two Seahawks we didn't even have last year taking a big in there yeah the play right before the floater but you know I, I'll throw another guy into this group too because I, I know where you're going I know <laughs> Kyler, where you're going Kyler had the opportunity to the hole was opening up right there to, to drive in the end zone, but he was going to have to take a hit from Quandre Diggs if he was if he was going to make the move inside to score the touchdown there. And I think he saw Quandre creeping up and said, oh, you know what? I, I saw the soul of my tight end taken away <laughs> earlier in this game. Maybe I'll just bump this outside. And so, yeah, I, I think those hits can have an impact later in the game where a quarterback like Murray, yeah, maybe he gets into the end zone because he's so quick. Gets into the end zone through that hole, but he's taken a hit from Diggs in the meantime. He he decides against that, and they end up having to go for it on third down uh, rather than getting the the easy rushing touchdown by Murray there. Yeah, I love I love that that addition there. That's you know that's like uh that's like oh I don't know forty three to eight versus the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl where where the first moments of the game Chancellor's putting a smack down and, and just taking a soul right away, and they're like oh you know what. Maybe we, maybe we shouldn't try that again for the rest of uh, you know the century, right? So it's 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 the same type of thing. It, it is those moments earlier where Murray's like, no, no, I, I'm I, that that dude's bringing his hat. I don't away. need that guy. I, I do yeah, not I, need him I, in my soul. In my in my <laughs> exactly. He's already take. He's already reaped enough souls for today. He's not taking mine. Tries his chances outside, and and the bottom line is. We, we we were too darn athletic for him in that moment. And if you told me five rushes for 15 yards before the game started, I mean, holy Hannah, who wouldn't have signed for that every single time? I don't, I don't even care if the quarterback was Dan Fouts. Five for 15, I'll take that. Why not? That's that's more in the range of, of Fouts' zone, isn't it? 
Yeah, we took we we made we made Kyler Murray the the Dan Fouts of Dan Marinos. I mean, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, and I I think the rushing has to go along, you know, with the the quarterback play because Kyler in the last game, I don't know if he had a ton of rushing yards in the first matchup between the two teams, but that's because he didn't have to run because they didn't put any pressure on him. Yes. And so they actually got pressure and when he was either stepping up in the pocket or getting outside the pocket, it was, you know, there was a guy there like Carlos Dunlap to to clean it up to get the sack. They they had an answer for when Kyler Murray was getting pressure to keep him from getting those big runs. And so it wasn't just the fact that he he ran for so few yards. It was that one, they actually got pressure on him in this game. And two, when they got pressure, he wasn't breaking out because that's what Kyler likes to do. When you put pressure on him, he says, OK, I'll do this myself and run up the field and get an easy first down. And and we didn't see that at all in this game. Now, the scheme was really, really just really well uh, thought about and then bet- and even better in the execution front. And a dude we're probably not going to talk about. Maybe we do have something else coming up for you, of course, with the W. However, I'm going to bet that this is probably not your guy. But if we're going to talk about one read, we should talk about the other read. We should talk about Jaron Reed. Mm. And in the sense that the same thing of like, hey, we're back to Seahawks football. Well, guess who else is? Jaron Reed's back to quote unquote Seahawks football. He just needs a counterpart. When he had Frank Clark there, Jaron Reed was a heck of a ball player. Now he's got Dunlap back, and oh, oh, lo, lo and behold, when he doesn't have to be, you know, the guy, but could be a really nice complimentary piece inside, he's once again a heck of a football player. We t- and let's get back to the Mama Cleo crystal ball for a second. We talked weeks ago. This was before the Buffalo game, before the loss to the Rams. We were talking about, hey. Let's see how this defense can sharpen as the year goes on, as it gets a little bit colder out there, colder and colder. The wind picks up a little bit and we get up, we get healthy and we have these and we get snacks and we get Dunlap. And then all of a sudden dudes like, like Reed could come back and be a more significant and more, more effective player. And as we head into the great NFC East, <laughs> you know, run that we're about to go through with, uh, with the Jets thrown in there for good measure. I'm feeling pretty good about this defense. Dare I say I'm bullish. Okay, Brandon, we got we got so much more to get to. So I'm going to put this last out there nice and simply. Listen, we talked Trey Flowers earlier. I think Trey, he's been playing pretty good. You know, yeah. definitely good, definitely goodish. So this is one of those outs that, you know, we, we, maybe there's a magic turn here. I'll leave that to you. However, one part of Trey's game which I think is deserving to call out and say, Ooh, that's, that's still got to get sharper. This is his angles, like his pursuit angles when he's going to make a tackle. I'm okay with him. He's not getting burnt deep, you know, a little bit soft on Hopkins at times, but, but that's DeAndre Hopkins. That, that dude's a hall, literally, that dude's a hall of famer. So you have a hall of fame talent there. You're not going to go up against the hall of fame talent week in, week out, maybe three times a year. Maybe you'll see a hall of fame guy twice a year, once a season. So it's not the cumulative effort. I think he played a pretty good game, but his tackling on pursuits was was pretty poor. So there were a couple of times where Hopkins would escape or others would escape where he's got a very good chance at a one-on-one tackle. His angle is bad. He doesn't break down at the right time. And, and, then, and then, he, then he missed tackles. So I'll place that out there and throw it to you to see if you've got some things to add. Pretty good game, but not great tackling. So how do you weigh those two? I guess if I were going to go with the last out of the the day, I wouldn't put it on Trey Flowers necessarily, especially as you mentioned, you know, being up against DeAndre Hopkins. The one play that really stands out for me, though, it was, you know, when he was playing those third and short type plays where DeAndre Hopkins, all he has to do is get to the sideline and it's a quick throw out to the sideline. And you see Flowers backing up uh, as if he doesn't expect. Hopkins to just run to the sticks and get the first down. So I I don't know why he wasn't more aggressive in those types of situations where it's just D hop running a quick out to the sideline. Like, why do you do him backing up? Like he might try and burn you deep. Flowers had only one missed tackle on the day, but it's the, the pursuit and not being in position to be able to make the tackle when you should be the guy to make the tackle. Yeah, and he had another one versus Drake, too. It was like a second and 16 uh, kind of early in the game. There's a dump off to Drake, and he just... Same same type of thing, like just bad angle, bad breakdown. And then Drake just kind of and Drake and Drake skirts out and gets six uh I think it was 16 or a first down on the play. Whatever it might be, it's it's to me, it's like, okay, Drake is not 
Christian McCaffrey. You know, like Drake, Drake is not like a David Meggett. Drake's okay. Drake's Drake's a oh, he's a pretty good running back. He's he's not upper echelon. He's not exactly quick. He's he's okay. Yeah. Um, Edmonds so, is the quick one. Yeah, Edmonds is quicker, exactly. So those are dudes I expect that any DB in the NFL, especially when the Seahawks pride themselves on, you know, form tackling, should be able to wrap and bring down. So just a little bit, a little bit of that to clean up. But again, that's okay. We get the big, big W. That's an out. What do you say we bury that one there? All right. All right. Brandon, 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 Brandon. It's been a couple of weeks, Brandon. We haven't had a chance to celebrate this in a couple of weeks. We're coming off of two losses, but something, a new innovation we put in this year is that not only when we win do we start with an in, but when we win, we we chunk an extra in into the the fan wagon here when we call the brand in. It's all yours. I don't know what you're going to say to me. I get goosebumps. I'm excited. We get the W. We beat the Redbirds and you get the extra brand in. So where are you going? What's your what's your in for the week? Yes, this was an important innovation within the show, Clinton, because it uh, the, the good thing about starting with an in is that you start with an in. The bad mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. about starting with an in is that you usually end with an out, and I couldn't stand for it. And so yes. you're now giving me this opportunity because this was, you know, weighing on me mentally. And so now I get to come in with an in and essentially finish the show with an in. I know we have our, our members of the flock coming up, too. I, I, I want to recognize them. But yes, the the my in this week is going to KJ Wright on that Ooh, yes. third down stop of Kyler Murray Clinton. I thought this was one of the most important plays of the game because it was it was right after the Cardinals got the ball after David Moore couldn't bother to try and get that first down, <laughs> even though he had the ball, he could see the sticks. So this was a, a three and out right before the half of the Cardinals' last possession. And they had plenty of time to drive down and score, knowing that they were going to get the ball to start the second half. But uh, Kyler Murray fakes the handoff, tries to bounce it outside. And the thing about watching this back, Clinton, is that you see Benson Mayoa crash in. And, you know, that's what causes Murray to to keep the ball on the zone read. But then you see Jamal Adams also crash in. And it's like, uh, dude, you're supposed (laughs) to be the guy that gets the guy if the quarterback bounces it to the outside. Well, after Jamal crashes in, there you see KJ Wright, the hero of the play, coming to the outside. He and and you're thinking, okay, KJ Wright versus Kyler Murray. Uh, Kyler's probably winning this battle 80% of the time, but KJ, just the form to you know freeze Kyler on whether to take it outside, whether to take it inside. Kyler just ends up standing still. And KJ Wright finishes off the tackle. The Cardinals have to punt the ball back to the Seahawks and they end up getting a field goal ahead of halftime to make it 16 to seven. And it was because of that play by KJ Wright. Oh, Brandon, I couldn't be more enamored with you as a human being right now. Just to, just in general, you are already really high on, on my, my pyramid of people I like in this universe, in this multiverse. And you might've just, you know, jumped up another three or four people. Sorry about that, Scotty. You're going to have to take, take a, you know, you're, oh, you're Scotty. No, not, not, not my brother, Scotty. Oh. Another Scotty. Yeah, yeah. No, good dude. Good dude. Like, you're, don't put me ahead of your brother. <laughs> no, no, not ahead oh, of Oh, the brother. other He's, Scott. Okay. Second yeah, the, Scott. The, yeah, the, I'm, the, I'm the cool other, with being yeah. higher on the ladder than him. Yeah. The other, the other Scott. Yeah. You, Good dude, but not not Brandon Good. Cer- certainly not now. But man, oh man, great great call out. And it was the feet, right? It was the feet of KJ, like not getting tangled up, staying staying square, and just kind of just looming really really large, in and and just casting a huge shadow in front of what is a a smaller NFL standard. Certainly Kyler Murray making a beautiful play. So even even as uh, even as KJ gets into, you know, gets up in his years, et cetera, et cetera, the dude is still balling out at a super high level. I love that you called that out. I love that it's a brand in. And I'm just, and again, I'm giving you a high five from from across across the country. So there it is. That's that's fantastic. I, I will I will pass along your high five and you know give it to the guy who deserves it, KJ Wright. Yeah, he does. He does. 
Okay, speaking of the year of innovation, 2020 called for, she called for, it just hearkened for innovations. We, need, we needed more, more connectivity, more reasons to celebrate in 2020 than ever before. So in addition to the brand in, we also created the MVC, the most valuable cranny. And of course, we send a little award. It hangs up in the Seahawks locker room. You probably see it in the post-game show nowadays, or at least next year when we're allowed to, you'll see the MVCs everywhere. It's a thing, trust us. The big one for me this week, Brandon, the NBC, is that second and six draw to hide we talked about earlier because it was Buddha coming down, crashing down, blitzing, a little inside draw, and away he goes. That, again, it was it was turning over that Magic the Gathering or, or you know, a Pokemon or Stratomatic Baseball, playing the right card at the exact right moment to punish them with maximum effectiveness. Loved it. That is the NBC, the most valuable cranny. All right, Brandon, we are now at our favorite section from the flock. These are the good people of Earth out there that are, of course, 12s, fanatics, Seahawks fans, if you will. They're hitting us up on Twitter with the hashtag 3i3o. They're, they're commenting in the Discord. They're coming through the Facebook Seahawkers pod, Ring of Honor, all the different ways you can reach. You can do it by carrier pigeon. We really don't care. However, some ways are better than others to get involved. Brandon, I always love when you tell the good people how they can become a member of the flock so they too can increase their hawker and really their joy in life. Yes, of course. You can get ins and outs to Clinton by tweeting at him at Clinton Bond using the hashtag 3i3o. But, you know, if you want to be involved where we are on game day, you can go to getintheflock.com, join at the $3 level and above. You get in the Discord chat. You can post them there. There's a, a specific Discord channel just for, for three in, three out. You can be part of the Facebook group if you donate at $12 and above per month at gettingtheflock.com. And yeah, then the, there's space there. Clinton's always in the Facebook group watching for ins and outs. So we'll get to those. And I'm just, I'm fired up for it, Clinton. I want to start off with Ryan B at 14 underscore Ryan B going to special teams, which is, you know, the cranniest part of <laughs> that we enjoy of our Seahawks football. And he gives the in to a tackle from Nick Ballore that might have saved a touchdown return. And as good as special teams has been this season, there there was a, a moment in this game where I thought, oh, he could break one here. But Nick Ballore mm -hmm. was there to save the tackle. Yeah, great call out by by Ryan B there. And also nice to say that we're seeing not only do we see a, an uptick in the volume of from the flock, but we're seeing some brand new faces. So thank you for those for those who have joined him for the first time in the fun. This is not a brand new face. Folks out there know him. He's known as Schmick at Nikki Swank on Twitter, but he goes in first down runs for first downs, which is I mean, that's I think as a sign of are you imposing your will? If you're running the ball on first down, you're getting 10, 12, 14, even eight. But really, when you're moving the sticks on first down with runs, a great sign that you are you're winning that game. So, Schmick, nice job on that call. I'm going to go over to Jeremy giving an in to Tyler Lockett. He says he is a cardinal killer. And the thing I want to give this to Lockett for Clinton, we talked about right before halftime. And yes, that scoring drive did result in a field goal. But to start out that drive, it did not look good. You had Mikey Potty fall starting, Dwayne Brown fall starting. You thought the ghost of Tom Cable was back <laughs> in the new Lumen Field. But then on first and 19, you know, Tyler Lockett catches a, a, a quick little pass for three yards. But then on second down, second and 16, Lockett picks up 10, puts him in that nice range of third and six. And Russell able to finish that off, get the run for the first down. But it was Tyler Lockett bailing out Russ when it looked like, you know, they were backed up toward their end zone and looking like, oh, they might have to punt it here. Or they might end up running a give up play because it starts at first and 19. And I want to give this in, like Jeremy said, to Tyler Lockett because of getting out of that jam. I love it. I mean, the more Lockett talk, the better for me. And, you know, it's, it's kind of funny when a dude could have nine receptions and a touchdown and still kind of be quiet, right? That, that's what just kind of just fits Tyler Lockett's personality. And a great touchdown. Get yeah, the oh, beat down. Beautiful, and, you know, beautiful it, touchdown. It wasn't, beautiful. Now, it wasn't right on the, the white line like some of us are, but, you know, the nice. He, no. he had time to get, what, like five feet down where, where the room that Russ had given him for that ball. Yes, extra points for the for the fifth foot down, as always. And speaking of, you know, more feet down and numerics, Nick at Nicholas Abouts on Twitter says, in the Phantom 12? 
four false starts penalties. Let's go Hawks D. Yeah, man, that was kind of neat to see them just jumping off sides for apparently no reason, but we'll take it. So good job, Nick. Bloody bootlace in the discord with the end to LJ Collier beats Sweezy bad. That helps get the two points on the board for the Seahawks and gets the ball back in Russell Wilson's hands so they can tack three more points up on the board. That was a nice inside move by LJ Collier. Absolutely. LJ was somebody that was definitely on the ledger, just didn't, did, just didn't make it to the podium this week. And partly for me, because I knew, I knew he was going to be called out in the flock and man, he had, he had a great game. What a quick little first step there. Plus the sack earlier. So yeah, man, LJ had a nice day. We're going to go with designed Pete's beach house. Who is Amy in the discord. This is a, this is a, we're starting a new trend here, starting a new streak in undefeated at Lumen Field. Got to like that. Just got to change the name every single week and, and <laughs> rack up the wins in the new stadium names. As long as you wear action green, especially with the, but let's, you know, a, a little quick side quill. The action green tops with the blue pants are about 1200 times better than the action green on action green. And dare I say, I think it's actually now my favorite combo period. The, I like the top with the blues. I this uh, Maybe it's the winning. Maybe I just like to win, it's Brandon, a, but I think it's maybe the winning. it's that. Maybe it's the winning. And in from J. Scott AZ12 in the Discord, in Jaron Reed, keeping his hands off Murray on the third and 10 prior to not draw a roughing call. So yeah, going deep there with J. Scott. Love, love that cranny too, because it's, it's so spot on. He gets there, but he just doesn't, he just doesn't do the dumb thing, which is like put all his weight on him. Just, he just plays it right, plays it smart. He still had an effective play. Beautiful call out there. Nicely done. Always, always beautiful call outs with Flocktimus Prime. We're talking Keith Ketover. He goes in. Carlos wanted to end that game. He adds a few other words there, but, but Keith's passion there is coming through. You could just tell Dunlap was, was gearing up. And Brandon, we talked about it weeks previous where it was like, oh man, why the heck are we rushing only three? Why the heck are we rushing only four? In this game, we got three sacks. One time we rushed five. One time we rushed four on this Dunlap play. We only rushed three, plus we had the safety in the end zone. Finally, or, or at least now we've arrived at a point where we could generate consistent pressure with four dudes, and in this case, with three from Dunlap. So great call out there by, by Keith, who is, of course, you know, his name's Flocktimus Prime for a reason, people. Come on. Well, and you know, maybe even give Ken Norton some credit on this particular play because they the way that the defense was aligned with the the three pass rushers Carlos Dunlap was able to go one on one with the left tackle in that situation because you had I think it was Collier on the other side who was double teamed you had Reed toward the middle where the the left guard yeah if he tried to go with Dunlap and and double team him which probably would have been the smarter play because you know you want to double team the guy who had seven pressures on the day total but uh, they they just couldn't get, do it, and Dunlap around the outside, and yes, that was it was a glorious way to end the game by the defense. Yeah, and we're going to continue the glory here real quick. Decaf Metcalf fan club, hard to say that it, that it is to read, or maybe those are the same thing. But that's Lisa in Seattle. She goes in some actual pressure, which is what we were just talking about. And I got to warn you, we're about to get meta here. Meta Discord, meta, meta in the flock. She goes in to flock them as prime for the new nickname for Murray, which was that little hobbit. <laughs> kind of matches up with that uh, little graphic of Murray that's uh, of tiny little Murray uh, <laughs> that's been floating around social media. Uh, yes. I'm going to move over to and out from BWAG's biceps. Aikman's constant chatter about DK not having enough targets last week and how he is the only one in the world who has understood that DK could be kind of good. Yeah, I Aikman, there were a lot of people pointing out that, what, does Aikman have DK on his fantasy team or something? Why is he trying to feed DK the ball this entire time? And yeah, he got some targets. He got his touchdown. He got the nice beat down the sideline on Patrick Peterson, even though that play was called back. But you know what's out there and we could see him do it. And uh, it was it was a fine day for DK Metcalf. Yeah, it was a fine day that was that was on the cusp of being a great day. And, and, and uh, well, you know, when I when I was the quarterback of the uh, Dallas Cowboys, uh, yeah, well, even if we faced uh, Deion Sanders, you know, Michael Irvin was getting the ball. So, you know, just, just shut shut the heck up. Shut. Just pipe down over there. As much as like I actually Joe Buck to me is like, fine, he's OK. He's actually I think he's a pretty skilled announcer. Yeah. And, and the but the Aikman thing. 
which I usually just kind of ignore. It's actually wearing on me now. And I think this was the the straw that, that broke the groins back here, Brandon. I got I to be honest. My groin feeling like Bo's groin, not great. This broke it for me. Let's flip it back to something good. We talked about some new folks getting in. So we had Dylan Mitchell coming in from Twitter, at Dylan Taze, T-A-Z-E. He goes, a big in. Damian Lewis had a minor mistake, but ultimately filled in excellent at the center spot. I mean, this is a rookie who's never played this position. It's maybe maybe with some backyard football. I don't even know, but whatever. You move a guard over who's a rookie. He goes and plays center. He gets a pretty good PFF grade from what I understand, and he played a pretty good game. So a great call out by Dylan. Yeah, Bloody Bootlace in the Discord pointed out that it was, in fact, Damian Lewis's best game at center of his entire career. So uh, congratulations. I like that. Stats don't lie. Very nice. And out from Christopher Rolf at Beast Mode 24, but replace the A and Beast with a four. And he says out to Metcalf for dropping a TD and a first down. He had a couple moments in this game. The TD, uh, Russ actually took that on himself saying, and in fact, I had it in the out column uh, for Russ throwing the what he called the Randy Johnson fastball. Yeah, and apparently uh, DK's face was that bird that uh, that Randy blew up that time. So, uh, yeah. Um, Next time, explode Buddha Baker and and not DK Metcalf's face mask. Yeah, at some at some point, I'll have to tell you and the listeners a fantastic story. We won't be today because we're we're ready, we're ready a little long in the tooth, as they say in the in the broadcast world. However, at one point, I will have to tell you a story that we went to a UW Oregon game on one of my first visits out to Seattle. We played a little pickup game in the parking lot and I may or may not have blown a kid's nose up about a 10 year old with a fastball of my own with those little tiny hutch footballs that hit him square in the nose and boy oh boy did that kid bleed but let's get back to the flock what do you say yes so we'll move on to decaf metcalf fan club and in for Bruce Irvin's Twitter game yes Irvin out there throwing shade at Sweezy it ain't easy being Sweezy if you if you're not on Twitter it's still so, so much fun Number two, if you don't follow Bruce Irvin and you end and you are on Twitter, follow Bruce Irvin. He is he is the most golden of sports trolls, Seahawks trolls out there. It is beautiful. We got two more to go. We got right hand Dan. He goes safety. The defense scored points. And he also says in five third down stops to right hand Dan. Right on, brother. Well, we're doubling down on the Dans to close this out. Daniel Weinholz comes in with a big in for me. The Seahawks look like they expected to win. High energy and effort, swagger, big hits, sacks, tackles for loss. They just look better than the Cardinals at everything. Everything. What what kind of bagels are good, Brandon? Everything. Everything bagels. They are so, so tasty. I'm, I'm actually not an everything bagel guy. I'm more of a blueberry bagel kind of guy. Yeah, I like egg as well. Everything bagel. Blueberry are... bagel, strawberry cream cheese. Oh, man. Well, you like the fruits. Look at you. You, you like you. I, I how like... I get my fruit. I... <laughs> through bread. <laughs> I like those carbohydrate fruits the best, you know. Uh, that, that's hysterical. There it is. Brandon, in a year of firsts, why don't we end this with, with another first? We had Hong Kong Hawk. Bloomy out there in the Discord. He picks up the phone. Look at him ring, you know, dialing a friend. He sent us a little, I believe, a little voicemail uh, in and out. So why don't you, why don't we go to the videotape as Warner Wolf used to say? Two touchdowns, no interceptions. The in goes to Russell Wilson for getting his ratio back in line. Go Hawks. Oh, Bloomy, what a beautiful in right there. I didn't hear it until just now, but serendipitously we will close out with this beautiful bookend we talked about this this narrative to start the show out the preamble about oh russ wasn't cooking calm yourself down russ had a heck of a game russ did some beautiful things out there and now we get to go face oh i don't know the eagles the jets the giants and the redskins brandon i'm feeling good about our chances and with that there's only one thing left to say go hawks go hawks